You're listening to MoneyWeb at Midday. Some voters have been receiving calls from the Democratic Alliance asking them to confirm registration details. The party saying it wants to make sure that voters are registered correctly. They say they're doing this because the IEC has new rules about voters only being eligible to vote at one place. So what are the rules around this and are these calls actually legal? Election operations manager James Apani is with us. So what's the answer? Well, it is um, as long as people allow it. So if you feel uncomfortable that you shouldn't be contacted, so you need to tell whoever is contacting you that, no, please don't contact me. It's similar to direct negative. You know, there's a legislation. I can't remember the actual provisions of that legislation. So, yeah, a person obviously can be approached, but if you feel uncomfortable, then you can say, please don't contact me. What kind of information is allowed to be solicited and what line are parties not allowed to cross? Obviously, parties are not allowed to, if they have access to personal information, to use it for things other than uh, political activities. So you may find that the party, such as the DA, would have received a voter's roll from the IEC. And we provide that voter's roll without ID numbers because that's personal information. But they will have a list of people that are registered in that area. But it is also possible that the DA uses, or any party, by the way, other sources of information where they could, uh, for instance, the direct marketing uh, database and make it a connection between the people they see on the voters roll and the people they have in direct marketing because we do not provide the cell phone numbers they acquire from the IEC. So they are allowed to approach people, as I said, so they're not uh, allowed to proceed with this interaction if a particular citizen is not comfortable with it. Right. So just to simplify that, then you are well within your rights to refuse to give them any information. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Let's take a look at some of the other issues facing the IEC Mm. at the moment. We're now into election year. Voter registration takes place later this week. So far, is the commission happy with the way in which voter registration has gone in the past? Are you sufficiently uh, satisfied that... uh, enough eligible people have registered? Yes, we are. Actually, if you look at the registration weekend we had last year, 18 and 19 November, we had such a lot of people that actually participated in that voter registration weekend. And the section of the society that people are always worried about is the youth. And the youth actually came out in big numbers. So if you recall, I don't have a stats in front of me here, but we had over 500,000 new registrations, the majority of which were young people. And sometimes young people, we start talking young people from the ages of, um, you know, I think the the cutoff, sometimes we say 18 or so. But in this previous election, there were also people that were never registered before, which I consider to be young, which were around the age, just below 40, I think it was 35 or so. If you start calculating from there, there was just a high number of people who are young, if you look at the age 30 or 35 or so. Mm some of which have never registered before. So there's, there's quite a high interest. And as we move to the second water registration weekend, we are anticipating a higher turnout, more than the previous uh, registration weekend. You know, uh, you might be aware, we also have got an online facility. And for the first time in this election, we opened the online water registration overseas. So since December last year, we've received quite a high number of registrations on that platform. So from 6th December up until the 15th of January this year, 
there were just over 7,000 you know, registrations on, the, on that platform. There will be a number of people casting their votes whenever that election yeah. is called. It does, of course, beg the question, doesn't it, as to whether the IEC mm-hmm. has the capacity to manage such a large poll this time around? Well, the IEC has done so uh, on several occasions. So we are now at a conference here where we're talking to unrepresented political parties. And one of the things that uh, my manager just mentioned here is the fact that the IEC always plans for over 100 percent, you know, 110 percent. Mm-hmm. So we all we go overboard to make sure that everybody is saved. And, and the reason I'm talking about this over 100 percent planning and provisioning is because we're talking about, for instance, the ballot papers. So if people can register where so that they can vote where they are registered, so chances are there will not be any issues such as the the common ones that are get reported so quickly such as the uh, ballots running short it's because our people registered people sometimes they go to voting stations where they are not registered but we we talking to the unrepresented political parties to make sure that they understand the processes including the fact that there's a provision now in this election wherein you cannot just rock up at any voting station to try to cast your vote even if it's for a national ballot because remember, that's where you may have issues with insufficient ballots because people can just vote anyway. In this election, you need to notify us that you are going to be voting at a voting station other than the one you're registered at. And just a final question, um, is the IEC confident that it has taken sufficient precautions against cyber threats? Absolutely. We have done so and we continue to monitor and we are well aware we engage with uh, various companies and experts in terms of the uh, security issues on in the cyber space and, and and you know we have what we call ddos mitigation we've got the firewalls and we've got continuous monitoring and we can see that people are making attempts and we are able to to block them uh, regularly so we're very uh, you know awake and alert but besides, we, we, we introduced a lot of security layers, including encryption. So each and every transaction we do, either on our voting, uh, voter management devices, VMDs, or the one that you do online yourself as a voter, each and every transaction is encrypted. And as it travels across the web, the moment it arrives in our database, the database is also encrypted. Even if you were to get access to our database by by, by by chance, you will not be able to use it because it's actually encrypted. James Apane, thank you very much indeed.